0: Hello friends, I'm Brian Peart and I want to welcome you to the Great Awareness Podcast, a podcast focused on helping Christians make sense of this world we are in. The goal is to encourage, but never at the expense of truth. We will take the truth found in scripture and apply it to the real spiritual battles going on today. We will ignore preconceived beliefs, news media noise, and politicians' words and look at actions, what is really going on. Then use the truth of scripture to accurately discern the times and how we need to respond. Jesus said in John 8.32, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free, and that is what we are going to attempt to do with each podcast. Get to the truth so we can live as we've been called. Welcome to the fifth and final pillar of a great life, good works. This pillar is where you use your talents and abilities to serve others and make a difference. If we only live for ourselves, our lives will never be great, but if we use our gifts and our talents for others and in tandem with others, we can find true fulfillment and peace. We've all experienced it, moments where you're really good at something and you're doing it, it's fun, it's easy, it's flowing. When you're in the moment serving others the way only you can, the way God created you to be, you'll find a joy indescribable. They say if you love what you do, you'll never work. But even if you are in a job you don't like, if you apply your spiritual gifts, you can have fulfillment. Finding and applying our spiritual gifts and talents to help others rounds out our life and makes it complete and full. The spiritual gifts are found primarily in the writings of Paul, 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians 4.11. And this one's going to be a little bit heavier than than some of the other podcasts as far as a lot of of teaching. And so I, I encourage you, if you... If you're not driving, to uh, grab a pen and a paper and um, get ready to to take some notes, because we're going to go over a lot of stuff today here in the spiritual gifts. So I'm going to start in Romans twelve three. Okay, and it and it goes for I say. Through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith for as we have many members in one body but all the members do not have the same function so we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us let us use them if prophecy let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministering. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence. He who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So, like I said, if you grab a piece of paper, there's seven gifts that he's talking about here, okay? Um, If you kind of write them down along the left-hand side, I'll go summarize them in a minute and and kind of just give you a, a, a quick summary of each one but um, write down each gift and then give yourself some room and and um, I'll share so here he mentioned prophecy one of the gifts now these are gifts of the Holy Spirit okay this is a little bit different from when you, you're born with maybe uh, a good singing voice okay these are these are things that happen because a good singing voice can happen to a believer or unbeliever but but um, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are only for believers after you've after you've accepted Jesus in your heart. So, so the gift of prophecy, uh, ministry, okay, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, and mercy. That's prophecy, ministry, teaching exhortation, giving, leadership, and mercy. Before we go into 1 Corinthians, I want to note something. One of the key aspects regarding our gifts, don't get arrogant. If you remember in the beginning, he said, think, don't think more highly of yourself. Every one of us has these gifts. Okay. We're given one of them, maybe two, three, four of them, but, but we all are given a gift. When we get saved, some gifts like leadership may get more press, but leadership is useless without people to lead, like administration, etc. So those are the gifts there. Okay. Um, the next place in Scripture where he lists the gifts are in First Corinthians twelve. Okay, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start in verse four. That's kind of where he begins to talk about the gifts, and I'm reading now, there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. There it is. The Spirit is being given to each one um, these gifts. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another, the working of miracles, to another, prophecy, to another, discerning of spirits, to another, different kinds of tongues, to another, the interpretation of tongues. But one in the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So here he lists nine gifts. They are wisdom, knowledge, faith, healing, miracles, prophecy which is repeated from the other so that we already have that discernment tongues and interpretation of tongues now note some key aspects okay first it's given by God right In verse six it said the Holy Spirit gives these gifts okay God gives them out it's something he did we can't boast about it and that's why we should always be humble we can't boast about these things second they're to be used to serve the body of Christ, okay? Our gifts are only powerful when we use them to serve the body in tandem with others. Verse 12 really, really dives into this. Let me continue. So Corinthians 12, verse 12, it says, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body, being many, are one body, so also is Christ. For if by one Spirit we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one Spirit, for in fact, the body is not one member but many. If the foot should say, Because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, Because I'm not an eye, I am not part of the body, is it therefore not part of the body? If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body, just as He has pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now indeed there are many members, yet one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater greater honor to the part which lacks it, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. And if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually, and God has appointed these in the church, first apostles, second prophets, third teachers, after that miracles, then gifts of healings, helps, administrations, varieties of tongues, okay? There's some more gifts right there as well. All of these gifts have their highest fulfillment when they're used in conjunction for the glory of God and the body of Christ, okay? We're all different, but we're all part of one body. We all have gifts, guys, given to us by God, and the world needs those gifts. If you really want to be filled up, find your gifts and, let, and use them to serve the body of Christ. So the last passage we'll look at is Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. So let me pop over there real quick. There we go. Ephesians 4, 11. And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come to the unity of faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love grow up in all things into him who is christ from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share causes growth of the body for the edification of itself with love so here again we see gifts are used in conjunction with others to build up and strengthen the body of christ to make us all complete we also see some new gifts here ministry gifts mentioned here evangelism and pastor shepherd so jot them down. We also see apostles. Now, this is one of those dividing type things in the church. The 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 apostles, um, you know, uh, evangelists and pastors. Those are those are gifts that we can see. Those are people that we can see. But but apostles, uh, some may feel like um, apostles is something that is still around today. As I see it. Paul's writing this at a time when the original apostles, you know, Paul and Peter and and John are around. And and I think in this passage he's actually talking about them when he's talking about he gave some to be apostles i don't think there are apostles today and now i know there's some people that may call themselves apostles and and there's some that believe that maybe apostles are are people who plant churches etc i don't want us to be divided as a as a as a family you know there's big things you know jesus is lord and and things that we can't we can't waffle on but you know, all I have to say on that is I don't, I believe the apostles were those 12 people that God, Jesus specifically called the first 12, then Judas left, and then Paul came and and rounded that out. I believe later in Revelation when he's talking about the apostles, I, I think that's, those are the guys. And I think if there's someone out there calling themselves an apostle now, um, if you think differently, that's fine. Just hold yourself up to li- this litmus test is, are you calling yourself that and is it, is it edifying Christ and the body or is it edifying yourself? If it's edifying Christ and the body, then, then, then good, we're good. But if not, you may want to think about that. I'm not judging. I'm just saying I think the apostles were a specific role at that time when Paul was writing, filled by Peter, Paul, James, etc. I'm not sure it's a gift today. So now we've got about 18 gifts listed, okay? And this is a podcast, so I, I, I could go over each one of these gifts for hours probably, but but I'm just going to touch on them briefly and then talk about how to find our gifts, your unique gifts, how to find them, and then applying them to build each other up. Tough times are coming to America, guys. We'll, we will need our gifts. We will need your gifts to strengthen the body during these times as I share each one I want you to be thinking and praying about which ones may seem to describe you you probably already have a sense of of, of maybe things you're good at maybe you've done things well in the past and you've had success leading this or that or, or or whatever so pray for God to enlighten you more fully to your unique gifts as I share each one so the first gift we came to was prophecy that's a unique gift given by God. It's the ability to hear divinely inspired messages from the Lord and to share them. Messages can be prophecies of, of future events, it could be disclosures of secret sins, uh, correction, exhortation, etc. These messages should be tested by looking at the scriptures, but the ability to hear, and share distinct messages from God is indeed a gift. Um, and I've seen it happen. Uh, ministry or helps was the next one we came to. And, and although it's not maybe as sexy as prophecy, the church couldn't function without it. Those with this gift have a special knack for seeing needs and meeting them. They are joyful, working behind the scenes and helping others. Next one was teaching these people love to study the Word of God for long periods of time and apply and expound that Word to others. When they're reading, they're thinking about, you know, how they can relate it to others. They take great joy in seeing others apply the truth of God's Word to their lives. They can read Scripture, they get how it applies or it can be applied, and then they share it. It's a great responsibility and one not to be taken lightly, but it's a very important gift in the, in the body. The next one was exhortation, which is encouragement. In the Bible, Barnabas was uh, a great example of someone who had this gift. These people are natural encouragers. They encourage others. They point them to God and His power. They're motivators, and they build up, and even when necessary, correct, as long as the goal is growing others up in Christ. The next one we talked about was giving. This is a gift. You know, we're all supposed to give, right? But some people just love to give generously. They're not to be, they don't want to be seen about, about it. They just want to serve the body. They, they help those who can't help themselves. They, they, they give, you know, to anyone who asks really. They're good stewards and they may even adjust their lifestyle so that they can give more. They take great joy in giving to others. Leadership is the next one. There's a site called Spiritual gifts test.com that has a beautiful description of leadership that I'd like to share Um, the Holy Spirit this is this is the quote. The Holy Spirit gives the gift of leadership to some in the church to lead them into a to lead the people into a deep relationship with Christ and each other. They will lead relationally and with a deep concern for others. They tend to be visionary and will take risks to see the kingdom of God advanced. They thrive in crisis situations and can stay calm and point others back to Christ and His sufficiency. The next one we talked about was mercy. We are all called to be merciful, as Christ had mercy on us. That's Matthew eighteen thirty three. But those with the gift of mercy have great empathy for others in their trials and their sufferings. They're able to come alongside people for extended periods of time and see them through their healing process. They are truly the hands and feet of God to the afflicted. The next one was wisdom. That's an innate understanding of God's word and his commandments. And the people with this gift can see through confusion to shed light on God's word. They can draw from scripture and their own experiences to give proper guidance in a situation that will help others glorify God. Next one was knowledge, kind of similar to wisdom, but different in that the person is usually well versed in scripture and has much of it committed to memory. The gift of knowledge allows them to relate the scriptures and the gospel of Jesus Christ to all aspects of the, of life in this world as we see it. The next one was faith. You know, all, all believers are given saving faith. When, when they ask Jesus into their heart, but not all receive this special, special gift of faith. Those with this gift are able to absolutely trust God, fully expecting him to show up and show out. When Peter was asked for money by the beggar, he said, I don't have money, but this I have you. Stand up and walk. That was just faith acting in, in, in real time, okay? They fully expect God to show up, and they're not surprised at all when he does. This type of faith is needed desperately in the body of Christ today. The next one was healing. Those with this gift can pray with faith and see people healed of sickness and disease. They don't always succeed. Even the apostles failed to cast out a particularly strong demon. As in all gifts, they are subject to God's will. Ultimately, this gift should bring edification of God, not glory to the person doing the healing, and encouragement to the believers. There's a, a gentleman in my uh, rotary, Mike Albright, and. And he has this gift, and there's been multiple times where he's been able to pray over someone um, and put his hand on a, a hurt, like a knee or whatever, and, and um, the person was healed. And, he, you know, it's a gift, though he says we all have the ability, and technically that may be true. This seems to be a, partic- a peculiar gift. Some have it, some don't. Those who have it must be careful not to get arrogant, but to always point people to the true source of the healing. It's truly Jesus working through them. It's not anything... In them. Miracles, kind of similar as far as uh, being, you have to be careful to be humble. Some will say that miracles don't happen anymore, but I have seen them happen multiple times. It always comes about through prayer. and, and, And again, not all prayers are answered. Those with this gift, particularly in tune to the Holy Spirit and have a special measure of faith and desire for God to reveal himself. This gift is often accompanied by prayer and a strong petition for God to reveal himself. Again, God chooses when and where he will allow miracles, so that one does not get puffed up if they have this gift. But, but it's definitely a gift that I have seen in my own experience, so I, I know it, it still happens today. The next one we heard about was discernment or discerning of spirits. Those with this gift have the ability to look at a situation and tell clearly whether it is of God, the devil, or the world. You know, we we have these situations where you're like, is this really God talking to me? Is Is this really the devil? People with the gift of discernment can actually hear that story and tell you very clearly which ones it with. In a time when we're bombarded by competing doctrines and agenda, this gift is super beneficial to the church today. The next one is tongues, and <laughs> this is a dividing rod topic in the church, um, and I hate to even discuss it really because it's 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 so so fought over. But but there's no way to read through Corinthians and other parts of the Bible and not see that tongues is talked about okay so I, so i must mention it all right This verse was seen at Pentecost, and as such, such, many believe it is proof of salvation, okay? But 1 Corinthians 12.30 makes it clear that not all people speak tongues. Remember, it says, um, at the end, he said, are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers? Do all have gifts of healings? Do all speak with tongues? In other words, Paul is saying clearly that not everyone who is saved speaks in tongues, okay? So it's not proof of salvation. Tongues can be human languages, Okay, as as at Pentecost, or they can be languages that no one understands. Hence, the reason for the for the next gift, which is the interpretation of tongues. The speaking of tongues should always result in God being edified, and with the help of an interpreter, the edification of the church. Tongues is mentioned often in scripture, and Paul specifically says not to forbid it, forbid it in First Corinthians 14, 39. So Paul actually says, Don't forbid it. Those with this gift should use it to glorify God and should never it should never be used in a church service without an interpreter being present, as Paul writes in First Corinthians fourteen, twenty seven, twenty eight. I think we should read that real quick because that's huge passage it's never to be used in church unless there's an interpreter to interpret it for the people and that's that's in the the next gift interpretation of tongues but how is it brethren um this is first corinthians 14 verse 27 if anyone speaks in a tongue let there be two or or at most three each in turn and let one interpret but if there is no interpreter let him keep silent in church and let him speak to himself and to god so I know a, a woman who has this gift, and and she'll go into her closet, and she's she's uh, 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 praying in tongues, and and there's no one around. It's between her and God, and she 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 says it's an amazing thing. I've I've never experienced that. So so this is this is a gift I believe that's still around today. But it's not to be used to prove salvation. It's not to be used to puff anyone up. It's not to be even used in church um, unless there's an interpreter around. So it seems clear in Scripture that this is something that can still be there today. So um, the next gift was interpretation of tongues, and that's kind of obvious. It's the gift of understanding the tongues and sharing with others for the glory of God and the edification of the church next gift we heard was administration um those with this gift have a peculiar ability to organize and execute plans similar to leadership but it's less visionary they're more concerned with the details the organization the admin think administration admin person those with this gift are the ones getting it done often behind the scenes but keeping everyone on task to complete the goal they're critical in in any decent running church um the next gift we we, uh, read was evangelism. Like many gifts, we're all called to evangelize, but some are anointed with a particular boldness, an ability to start where someone is and lead them to the gospel of Christ. I've known people that can take any passage of scripture and turn it into a a salvation message and, and can just meet any type of person and and start where they're at, and then work them through and walk them through to get them to understand the fullness of God. It's, it's really pretty amazing. They t- people with this gift have a burden for the lost and will go out of their way to reach them. They can relate to all types of people and can clearly communicate the gospel in a way that pers- that a person will understand finally pastors shepherds okay this is closely related to teaching and leadership pastors are first and foremost servants they have a heart for the well-being of the flock and the protection of the same the goal of a pastor is to reveal god's glory and power to people who needs god who need god's grace and it's usually done through the teaching of the word like a like an actual shepherd they have a burden to protect and care for their flock um So there you have it, the specific gifts listed in scripture, and everyone who's been saved gets at least one of these by the Holy Spirit. As you listen to them and reflected on them in your life, hopefully you saw one or two that you you may see in yourself. You certainly can have more than one. Often one is very strong, and one or two are lesser gifts, um, and you get... Get all of it can be used, and yet all of it can be used by God. And there are other talents and gifts that are also given by God, but not mentioned here. These talents are gif- and gifts we are often born with, and maybe to believers or unbelievers. For example, athletes. Um, there are people that are the same height as me, but they can jump four times higher. There are some people that are born with more speed, more strength, more hand-eye coordination, and, and it's a that is a gift from God. But it but it's to both. Believers or unbelievers, it it it's not just a gift of the Holy Spirit. And even if, and that guy can jump four times higher, no matter how much I practice, I just won't ever get there, right? So you can use these talents though to glorify the Lord. You know, Tim Tebow is a, is someone who had an athletic ability, took it and and used it as a platform to um, reach people. Um, now that was a, something given to him. By God, right? But but I think he also showed that he had uh, the gift of leadership. Uh, that was obviously one of the gifts given him by the Holy Spirit. And I think evangelism. I think he's a he's he's big on evangelism. So so here's someone who used his gifts. He had a, a, a big platform. And he used it, and that's, and that's wonderful. Singers, can, can, you can be born with a great voice. Whitney Houston may have practiced singing, but, but that voice was a gift from God. And so you have to work in your talents to get better, but you can utilize all of your talents, you know, for the glory of God. So you get the idea. There are gifts you're born with, and then there's spiritual gifts, which are given by the Holy Spirit once you're born again. We can use it all for the glory of God. So guys, if we want to be truly fulfilled, if we want to live a great life, we need to discern our spiritual gifts and then serve the body of Christ. So how do we discover our gifts? There's a lot of good spiritual gift tests. Um, I I mentioned one earlier, spiritualgiftstest.com. And those are good. You may want to go to your pastor. He probably knows of a good spiritual gift test. Those are good for a start, but you should say, take some time, you know. I just listed 18 of them for the 18 that we see in Scripture. Um, take them and and think and pray through your past successes. Think of things you've done well, especially if you did it effortlessly. Uh, did that event success come from one of these gifts? Also ask those who know you best. Share the list with them and see what gifts they see in you. A lot of times people that are closest to us know, know better than us. They can see better than us what we're gifted in. Personally, I discovered organically, mostly by serving. So serving in your your workplace, in various ministries, and at church can often be the thing that unveils your gift, okay? Especially the local church body. Remember, the church is Christ's plan for the redemption of the world. Let's not forget that. It's good to go out there and go into our workplace and everything, but the church is Christ's plan for the redemption of the world. So we need to be about the body of Christ, it's where we, sh- we, we are supposed to use our gifts the most, but can also lead us to discover our gifts. If you start saying yes to serving in your local church, you may discover that you have lots of gifts you didn't even know about. Even if you're a Christian who just shows up on Sunday to get fed and then leaves and never serves, you're missing a key piece As you serve the body of Christ and especially the church body, you will discover gifts and God will bring many opportunities to use your gifts for his glory and edification of the church only by discovering and then applying the gifts. Just start saying yes to serving in your local church. Listen, if you're a Christian who just shows up on Sunday to get fed and then leaves and never serves, you're missing a key piece of your total fulfillment. As a Christian, we need to serve in our local church. Period. When I first started serving in the local church, I was kind of arrogant, actually. I, I didn't get saved until later in life, until I was 30. So I was already a successful businessman. Um, so when I, I started getting saved, I, I told the pastor where he needed to put me, you know, in leadership and other things. I, I told him. But over time, God convicted me on my arrogance. And, and for years, I've had a basic philosophy wherever I get asked to serve, I'll serve. Of course, within reason, as I have time constraints, but but, um, but every time I'm asked to do something in the church, I do it because there's growth, there's learning, I'm chipping in, and, and it's great. So I've helped direct traffic on Sundays, I've helped in the children's ministry, I've led small groups, I've led men's ministries, I've even preached three times. Um, so don't be afraid to step out where the church has a need. You just may find a spiritual gift. Maybe they ask for help in the children's ministry, and you serve and discover you have a natural ability to explain the Bible in ways that kids understand. Whoa, you have a gift of teaching. Or you accompany the pastor to visit a sick member of the church at a hospital, while there you seem to be particularly good at calming the person and making them feel better. Hey, you've got the gift of mercy. So a lot of times, serving will help you uncover the gifts that you get. You get the point, as you serve the body of Christ, and especially the church body, you'll discover gifts and God will bring many opportunities to use your gifts for his glory and edification of the church. Only by discovering and then applying our spiritual gifts to serve others will we find our highest fulfillment. To be used by God to help others in a unique way that only you can do. That's awesome. That's fulfillment. I kind of want to wrap this with the greatest gift found in 1 Corinthians 13. I'm going to read here, 13.1. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains, but I have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. The greatest gift ever given to us, was Jesus, was love itself on the cross, dying for us, dying for you and me to be free. That's the greatest gift, and it kind of brings us around full circle. We started out with love. Remember, the first pillar was love God. The second was love others. Now we end it with love. If you want to have joy, peace, fulfillment, and a life that really makes a difference, both here and for eternity, apply these five pillars. Wake up, Spend some time with God, love on God, then love others. Get into your day loving others, okay? Get into your workplace and turn it into a ministry and give it all you got. Um, make sure you're resting prof- properly. Um, make Take advantage of that Sabbath day rest and, and get back in tune with God so that you, you're able to finish the race strong. And then make sure that you discover and apply what you uniquely can do better than anyone else, the gifts that God has given you, specifically in the body of Christ in the church and then elsewhere in your, in your marketplace. You do these things and you're going to be going through life centered, balanced, in the center of God's will, focusing on, on the best thing to do that day and, and really being in a place of, of peace and contentment. You do that every day, every week, every year, and you'll have a life of influence, a life of greatness.